0: Hey, buddy. we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Guess what, people? Seventh episode since the last seventh episode since the last seventh episode. You know what that means. Beyond the news. Yes, it is a beyond the news episode this week. And boy, do we have some ground to cover a lot going on on good old planet Earth. And if you've never listened to this type of episode before, every seven episodes, we comb Earth's news feed for the strange, the unusual, the fringe of knowledge. All mainstream sources, but just things that maybe are not put in the front of the public perception (laughs) model, whatever that is. (laughs) We find those, we aggregate those and we go through these articles together. And it's, it's an amazing experience. Incredibly funny. I love the beyond the news episodes and with me as usual for the lecture episodes, the Tribune episodes, the anniversary episodes. That's right. We just did a third anniversary episode. We are now in our fourth year. And beyond the news, Bryn Anderson of Vinyl Force Herbs. Hello, Bryn. Hello, Jay. Hello, Bryn. Hello, Jay. <laughs> We're having fun here. We're doing great. It's beyond the news. It's been a run of episodes. I have a life. My life is very intense doing the various things that I do, including this podcast. So it's very, very intense. I have a very strange and unique life, as you can imagine. And when I get to these, these little islands, these little beyond the news islands where I can just take kind of a respite, a rest and just kind of be myself and connect with you guys, the audience, Brendan and I were connecting with you. These are some of my favorite episodes because of that. They're always a landmark as I propel into the next six interviews before the next Beyond the News. Wow. Bryn, thank you again for being here. Aren't you excited about what we're going to do? We're going to cover so many different topics this week. It's going to be all over the place, but yet there's a theme. Of course, it's Earth. Bryn, are you excited to be here? Another Beyond the News episode.
1: No, actually, I think this is going to be probably pretty boring. Uh, there's nothing going on on Earth. Uh, nothing yeah. weird. Nothing wild. Nothing, nothing totally. You're right. Unbelievable.
0: I have no articles. Actually, there's zero oh, articles. Are you just
1: going to make this up as you go?
0: How did you know I had zero? No, I'm just kidding, people. We have an exceptional amount of articles. Yes, Prin, and she's just being funny, people. We have a lot going <laughs> yes, on. Yes, I'm Earth.
1: excited. All right, let's yes. hear her. what's. What's going on on Earth?
0: A lot. But but hold on. Oh, hold wait. on. Yep. Before we do that, I need you to do something for me. Check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Midnight on Earth. You can sign up there to directly support us here at Midnight on Earth. Us being myself, Bryn, the guests, the audience, all of us. We're all doing this together. And... I need that support to help expand that. If you can check out patreon.com slash midnight on earth. It's a great way to support any independent artists, including podcasters like myself. So again, if you're interested in helping us financially, please do. (laughs) We could use the help because that money gets recycled back in and the energy is going out. It's reciprocal. Patreon.com slash midnight on earth. And of course, follow me on Instagram. If you have not done that already at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you go, audible, audible, I guess Stitcher's folding, they're off the table, but Podchaser, there's so many. Wherever is home for you, there should be a little button that you can press that connects us so you know exactly what's going on. You get that notification, click the button for me. And tell a friend, tell people in your life that you know that would love this type of podcast. Look at the guests, look at the lectures, look what we're helping people understand it's really high frequency information. It's really good information. It's positive and it's going to help people grow and evolve and become something more than they were before. So help me get the word out. Tell people midnightonearth.com. Okay. We're back beyond the news. So much is going on. Brynn, you're here with us. How, do you, how are you feeling right now, Brynn? you doing all right?
1: I'm doing great. Did you have a little tribute to say before we started the articles?
0: I absolutely did. Thank you for prompting me. Look, people, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I had a fantastic sponsor for a very long time, a very large portion of my current history. Blue Cobra CBD, which was created by Howard hit that company sponsored me. And I got to know Howard hit and he is one of the sweetest people you can possibly meet. His blue Cobra CBD was something beyond magical, but I do have to announce people that Howard hit has graduated this dimension. He has left the third dimension He has dropped his body. He is now onward, moving forward in his journey in those other dimensions as a light being. Perhaps reincarnation. I don't know what happens. I I actually do not know (laughs) what really happens after you go. I don't think anybody knows. A lot of people have really good ideas and really strong assumptions but nobody really knows until you go over there and that's where Howard is right now. He is over there. He graduated. Congratulations, Howard. You left this dimension as you should have in the way that you should have. So I just want to take a second to send love to Howard hits wherever he is at. Now I know he's with us. He's omnipresent. Now he's outside of time and space. Perhaps it's an aspect of him. I don't know the mechanics of the behind the scenes of all that, but I do know that I want to take a second to send love to Howard. So here we go. Let's just take like one second. Okay. And Howard hit was such a sweet guy. His proprietary CBD extraction method, which I talked about ad nauseum at length for many weeks Unfortunately, it seems has gone to the grave with Howard on his deathbed. People, I went and visited him in the hospital and he told me some things on his deathbed. He told me the concepts, some of the secrets of his extraction method, his CBD extraction method. He didn't tell me everything. I didn't want him to. We had plans to meet After he gone out of the hospital, of course he passed away before we could meet again. But I spent a couple hours with him in hospice care and I knew he was going and we had incredible conversations. We talked about a previous guest, a nurse who is a medium, but also a hospice nurse, Kim Copeland. Guess what people? She's coming back on the show very soon. We talked about a lot of things and he said to me, that he had a near death experience where he was out for 10 minutes and he saw the light, he felt the presence of the higher beings. He felt them. He said it was the calmest, most amazing feeling. He said, all he wanted to do was be there and the earth and his life and everything that happened didn't even really register. At that point, not that it didn't matter, but it just didn't register at that point, which is amazing. He's just already enveloped. The consciousness is already enveloped. He could feel the presence and it was so warm and loving. He told me, but then he came back. They revived him. He came back in his body. When I talked to him, I told him, I said, Hey, I think it was fuzzy like that because it wasn't your time yet. He still had about 10 more days at that point. So really interesting situation. Incredible friend. I love him. I love his family. The hit family, his recipe, blue Cobra CBD. I'm sorry, people it's gone. If you have some still? You were lucky. If you know how much it helped you just send that recognition to Howard, wherever he's at, just thank him, I guess, or, <laughs> Just let him know it worked. So yes, Bryn, thank you for bringing that into focus. Howard hits has graduated to the next dimension. Big part of midnight on earth, the early years. And he was even featured on one of our beyond the news episodes. And now we're doing this tribute. So it's very fitting. Godspeed, Howard. We love you. And hopefully, you passed that recipe on to somebody. Do you have anything to say about Howard? Brin? You met him a couple times.
1: I met him a few times. Yeah. No, just thank you for doing that. And love you, Howard. Love you, Judy. Hope uh, Judy's life continues on in a healthful, prosperous way with the rest of her family. And uh, yeah, wow. glad they were parts of our lives
0: and of the show. Yeah. Fantastic people. Fantastic family. Fantastic story. So just wanted to say that little eulogy, that little shout outs to good old Howard hit, AKA big H. (laughs) Oh man. It's going to happen to all of us people. Every single one of us does. Nobody makes it out of here alive. Isn't that interesting? We're all going to go at some time. <laughs>
1: Sounds like an interesting segue into these uh, articles. <laughs> no it one is. makes it out alive. <laughs> no one makes
0: it out alive. And while you're here, my goodness, the amount of strangeness, the highest strangest, that happens pretty much on a daily basis, but it takes time to really aggregate enough to make these episodes. But yeah, there's things happening on this planet that you would just, you couldn't even process, so. Just like this first article that we're going to talk about, this is from the dailybeast.com headline, Why Highly Radioactive Wild Pigs Wreak Havoc in Germany? Why? And then it has a sub-headline, Oppensweiner. <laughs> Get it? Like Oppenheimer, but it's a swine. Like the pig, Oppensweiner. Yeah. I didn't write the joke. <laughs> okay. Just it's, came with the article, huh? <laughs> came with the article, dailybeast.com. Okay. So. <laughs> just
1: trying to process that uh, headline you just said.
0: Yeah, well, let's oh. find out what's going on here. Here's the article. In the forests of southern Germany, there are roving bands of wild boars wreaking havoc. The shaggy-haired swine have been known to bite and charge at humans with their tusks and are highly protective of their young. However, the creatures are also known to be incredibly radioactive, so much so that they've been deemed unsafe to eat. While deranged packs of radioactive pigs might seem more suited for a post-apocalyptic video game, they certainly exist, and researchers have been working to understand the mysterious origins of their irradiated nature for years. Luckily, some new research offers an answer as to why the swine are imbued with radiation. Nuclear bombs, they're saying. Oh, my God. A study published Wednesday in the journal American Chemical Society found nuclear weapons testing across the globe released enough fallout into the atmosphere to irradiate the wild pigs. What else are they irradiating, people? The findings further underscore the dangers of nuclear testing and weapons for countries around the world, even if they're not the ultimate target of bombs. Scientists have known for years that a population of wild boars in southern Germany contained incredibly high levels of radioactive cesium. They long suspected that much of this is due to To the 1986 Chernobyl nuclear disaster that released enormous amounts of cesium-137, a specific isotope produced by nuclear reactors, into the air where it spread over Europe and eventually leached into the boar's food source. Oh, my God. But somehow they survived? Now they're radioactive boars? Like, After testing the meat from various wild boars, they discovered that the animals actually contained a high level of cesium-135, which is a much longer-lasting radioactive isotope that's produced primarily by nuclear weapons exploding. Whenever there was a nuke test, the cesium would spread throughout the earth and eventually settle down to the ground. The isotopes eventually, made their way to the wild boars' underground food source of deer truffles, which soaked up more and more cesium over time like a sponge. So it was Chernobyl, it was in the food supply, the weapons tests. Oh, my God. So what does that mean for the rest of the world? It's not like we're not all right next to each other, people. Good God. Are we all radioactive wild boars? What do you think, Brent? (laughs) It's quite
1: possible. Sit in traffic for a while. You might think so, huh?
0: Okay. This one's from CNN.com headline, two people detained in China for allegedly damaging great wall with excavator. Heard about this. This is uh, not why, why would you do this? Okay. Here's the article. Here's why two people have been detained in Northern China after allegedly damaging a section of the Great Wall with an excavator, according to local authorities. A 38-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman in Shaanxi province were accused of digging through the Great Wall to create a shortcut for their construction work nearby, local police said in a statement. They allegedly expanded an existing opening in the ancient structure into a wide gap large enough for their excavator to pass through to save the distance of travel. According to the statements, their excavation caused irreversible damage to the integrity and safety of that portion of the wall. The police said. Police in Yu-Yo County detained the two suspects after receiving reports about the damage on August twenty fourth. The case is under further investigation, according to the statement. You know what's going to happen to those people? <laughs> They're going to use them to fill the wall. If that's where you were, what you were thinking? Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Were you thinking that, Ryan?
1: I, I like was they were just-
0: actually going to just like you turn them into human cement, like some.
1: Yeah, something like that, CCP or no, maybe cinema. like you know, but still make them visible so oh to make sure God. there's like oh, an yeah. example Don't made ever out of do it. That again.
0: You know, sometimes when I was younger and I had jobs, I always thought it would be easier. I often thought it would be easier if I could just drill a hole through some of these buildings and I could just like ride my bicycle straight through. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I can kind of see it. These people actually did it in China. Okay. <laughs> Back to America, this is from businessinsider.in, which is India, reporting on New York. (laughs) Here is the headline. Tourists are flocking to New York City to go on rat tours to see the iconic mascots of the metropolis, says reports. And here's the article. Tourists visiting New York City are going on rat tours to get an authentic Big Apple experience, according to a report by the New York Post. Kenny Bulwark leads free walking late night rat tours, taking routes near Rockefeller Center and in Flushing and Sunnyside, Queens. Quote, rats are like a New York City mascot, Bulwark told the outlet. People want to see it for themselves. He also live streams on TikTok as he explores rat-infested parts of the city with up to 10,000 people tuning in at a time. He is not the only one to capitalize on his fascination with the rodents. Luke Miller, the owner of Real New York Tours, also stops near Chinatown for tourists to see the creatures scurrying about. Oh, my God.
1: Is that all there is to see? Oh, my God.
0: Quote, they are like the news celebs in New York City with all the press they are getting, quote, Miller told The Post. Oh, my God. The outlet spoke to several rat tour customers, some of whom specifically came to the city to catch a glimpse of the rodents. It's one of those things you just have to see Aaron Lidwell and his wife. He has a wife from Altoona. Oh, that's why he lives in Altoona PA who visited the city hoping to see rats told the post why <laughs> Lidwell was so thrilled to see a few rat tails poking out at a construction site that he even reached down and gently pinched some causing Bulwax TikTok. Live stream to go nuts, Lidwell said. All right, all right. Wow. Okay, people. So there you go. Rats. Well, you know, look, they're life, they're light, they have a purpose. They're rats. Don't hate the rats. I love the rats, but we got to figure out how to redirect them. <laughs> Here's some interesting things that I've been hearing about pirates are bad people. Pirates in America, pirates on the West Coast, pirates in San Francisco. This is from boatblurb.com, And here's the headline. Appearance of pirates in San Francisco Bay leaves boaters and marinas on edge. And here's the article. It's a headline you don't expect to see in North America, but pirates are now operating in San Francisco Bay. Major news outlets including the San Francisco Chronicle, CBS News and ABC have all reported the sudden appearance of thieves and marauders targeting marinas and boaters under the cover of darkness. Wow, what a what a line there. According to ABC, thieves are arriving at night aboard small watercraft and using bolt cutters and other break-in tools to gain access to unoccupied boats. Several sailboats have been stolen as well as small watercraft, dinghies, tools, and outboard motors. Boat owners are blaming nearby homeless encampments. While police have so far declined to issue a public statement. Boaters are also pointing the finger at anchor ounce people who keep boats, which are often stolen. And live rent free by continually moving their anchor location to avoid police. Interesting subculture there.
1: Are they at least like? Do they have pirate flags? I mean, is it like? Do they dress up, or is it just? I don't know. Not yet. Be more festive.
0: It's it's coming. That's that's coming. They're just now coming back. It's kind of an evolutionary process. At the end of this article, though, it does say former Oakland Marina Harbor Master Brock the Lamp. Told NBC Bay Area, quote, over the last couple of months has become extremely severe. Boats are being stolen almost on a nightly basis. Residents in marinas are scared. They're talking about forming groups. They're arming themselves. Someone's going to get hurt if this is not taken seriously by authorities. Wow. Hey, wow. That's intense. Pirates and boaters battling it out in the San Francisco Bay. What year is this? (laughs) This is very strange. Pick a century. The world's changing, people. People are becoming more brazen. They're pushing on the authorities to see what they can get away with, it seems like, at least in a general sense. Here's the next article, CNN.com. It's a little bit of a pivot. Headline, Canadian authorities to... Race to capture 5 million bees from roadway spill. And here's the article. Authorities raced to capture 5 million bees released yesterday after a truck carrying several crates of hives fell onto a roadway in Ontario, Canada. Halton Regional Police Constable Ryan Anderson told CNN. Halton Regional Police received a call shortly after 6 a.m. Wednesday after the straps attached to the crates of beehives became loose and created a spill, releasing the millions of bees onto the roadway in Burlington, Anderson told CNN by phone. Burlington is south of Toronto. The city is located on the shores of Lake Ontario, between Toronto and Niagara Falls, according to its website. After police shared a social media post warning residents and vehicles to stay clear of the area, about six or seven local beekeepers volunteered to help get the bees back to safety, Anderson said. Within a couple hours, the majority of the bees were safely back in their hives and in their crates and were safely loaded back onto the trailer. Wow, that's actually kind of an interesting story.
1: You know, I actually just recently learned that because of the way industrial farming and pesticides and all that has altered bee populations, almost all of food farms now have bees trucked in to artificially, not artificially, but they're pollinated by bees that are brought in. There's not just like bees coming to all the farms. They have to actually contract and truck in like
0: you have to import bees
1: import bees yeah to like pollinate all the pumpkins pollinate all the tomatoes or you know and uh, i didn't realize it was quite done on that scale
0: well just to end this article with a little more information there were probably about 40 hives on the trailer and about 20 of them tipped off because the driver was trying to avoid hitting a deer oh dang Or so he says. (laughs) Still, we got most of the bees back, people. We got the bees back. And this is another interesting one. It's hard for me not to laugh at all of this. I'm sorry, people. You hear me kind of holding back my laughter as I'm trying to seriously read this information on this strange planet that we have with this weird experience we call humanity. It's just sometimes I'm just like, wow, especially when I do these Beyond the News episodes. Anyways... Back to the weirdness, news.yahoo.com, headline, Neurosurgeon Investigating Patient's Mystery Symptoms Plucks a Worm from a Woman's Brain in Australia. My God, this really happened, people. I heard about this, wanted to cover it. Here we go. Here's the article. A neurosurgeon investigating a woman's mystery symptoms in an Australian hospital says she plucked a wriggling worm from the patient's brain. Surgeon Hari Priyabandi was performing a biopsy through a hole in the 64-year-old patient's skull at Canberra Hospital last year when she used forceps to pull out the parasite, which measured three inches. I just thought, what is that? It doesn't make any sense, but it's alive and moving. She was quoted as saying in the newspaper, it continued to move with vigor. We all felt a bit sick. Bandy added of her operating team. The creature was the larva of an Australian native roundworm, not previously known to be a human parasite named Ophiadascaris robertsi. The worms are commonly found in carpet pythons. Okay. (laughs) Bandy said her patient regained consciousness after the worm was extracted without any negative consequences. She was so grateful to have an answer for what had been causing her trouble for so long. Oh my God. Six months after the worm was removed, the patient's neuropsychiatric symptoms had improved but persisted. The patient had been sent home soon after the surgery with anti-parasitic drugs and had not returned to the hospital since. Wow. Carpet python worms. Be careful. Grass. Whoa. Okay, we're going to get a little dark here. Sorry. But we have to cover this stuff because it's earth it's weird it's not all rainbows and unicorns as you know this is from ca.news.yahoo.com headline neighbor caught on camera injecting poison under door of family home after noise complaints oh my god people here's the article A 36-year-old man has been arrested after he was allegedly caught on surveillance footage injecting poison under the door of a neighboring home in Tampa Bay, Florida. Zhu Ming Li has been charged with injecting a chemical agent with a syringe under the door of the condo, according to a police report viewed by NBC News. The report states that Mr. Lee was seen injecting the liquid under the door at Oxford Place at Tampa Palms, quote, on several occasions. Testing revealed the liquid as the narcotics methadone and hydrocodone, which are used to treat pain. Side effects for both of the drugs may include restlessness, stomach pain, vomiting, breathing difficult. What is this, a commercial? Skin (laughs) issues. Okay, I'm not going to read that. The resident Umar Abdullah smelled the chemicals in his home and his baby, aged 10 months, began vomiting, leading to him installing security cameras, WFLA reported. Tampa Fire Rescue came to the home several times, but they couldn't find what caused the smell, a Tampa Police Department report states. Security footage shows Mr. Lee, Mr. Abdullah's downstairs neighbor, injecting a liquid through the doorway. Mr. Lee had made noise complaints to Mr. Abdullah previously, according to the local TV station. Quote, even during war, the worst enemies do not attack the opponent, the other party with chemicals. Mr. Abdullah told the outlet. Oh, my God. Mr. Abdullah as well As his wife and their child experienced shortness of breath and irritation to both the skin and the eyes after they had inhaled the chemicals over the course of a month. Oh man, the police report states an officer investigating the home also suffered skin irritation and received medical care. Mr. Lee was detained on June 27th. He was charged with one count of felony aggregated stalking, three counts of dispersing a chemical agent, and one count of possession of a controlled substance, as well as battery on a law enforcement officer after the officer was exposed to the chemicals. Dude whoa
1: what? i just want to know what he thought he was going to come of that like what was going to happen oh
0: my God, i think he probably thought that he was going to drive them away
1: maybe or was he like i mean isn't methadone isn't that uh it's like prescription the heroin, heroin right what did he think he was gonna like chill them out for the noise complaints like calm them down so they're no, quieter I think he was
0: trying to kill them no he was making the noise <laughs> they were complaining and then he probably wanted to kill them or drive them away. I don't know. Insane. Either way, insane thinking, obviously.
1: Yeah, uh, we shouldn't try to figure it out, I yeah, no.
0: <laughs> no we're not. This, we can report on it. We can talk about it for a second as we cover these things. But no, don't, let's not try to get inside the mind of an insane poisoner, Mr. Lee. Okay. On that note. Yes. Okay. Here we go. abc.net.au. Headline. As China's economy continues to struggle, young people are choosing to become full time children. Okay, here we go. Article Earlier this year, Zhang Zhai decided to close her business and become a full time daughter. The 31 year old from Hangzhou, China started a clothing company in early 2020, but with her turnover falling, Business was getting harder every year. Quote, the amount of time and effort I was putting in was disproportionate and it felt like there was no hope in sight, she said. "Miss Zhang now spends her days in her new role looking after her parents' wants and needs. In return, they pay her a monthly salary of 8,000 won, which is about 1,600 U.S. dollars. Things are quite routine, she said. I go for morning exercise with my parents after getting up. I do Tai Chi with my mom, and she has been learning. it. My parents love traveling, so I make plans for them. When they have troubles with digital devices, I would also help them. Miss Zhang is not the only young Chinese adult rejecting traditional notions of employment to make looking after their parents their full-time job. On China's social media platforms, more and more young people who have made the same decision have been sharing their experiences. Unlike what are known as NEETs, not in education, employment, or training, these full-time children don't think of themselves as unemployed. Rather, their employers are their parents. Okay. Wait, so
1: you raise your kids for free but then you have to pay them to take care of you later later yeah but they're
0: kind of like your live-in servants i guess but then they're also your kid uh on dubon a chinese forum similar to rennet a discussion group called full-time children's work exchange center has more than four thousand members Some users on the site post about being excited about not having to go to work while others express their frustration and anxiety about not being able to find a job. I wish things would work themselves out, but I really don't see a way out or hope. Jeez. Sorry, buddy," said one user, (sighs) whatever one user. So there you go. People in China, you can be a full time kid. It's the future people, you know, can't find a job? Just call your parents. Say, "Hey, why don't you give? Why don't you guys give me a job? You need stuff from the store. I'll cook. I'll clean. I can be your live-in me. I <laughs> the hell." Okay, people, <laughs> we're having fun here. This is what we do. Beyond the news, people, it's what we do. Okay, perhaps you've heard about this one. A lot of Silicon Valley entrepreneurs with. Significant amount of money banded together to do something very interesting. This is from the guardian.com headline. Silicon Valley elites revealed as buyers of $800 million of land to build utopian city. Here's the article. After weeks of local speculation, the purchaser of 55,000 acres of Northern California land has been revealed. The group Flannery associates backed by a cohort of Silicon Valley investors has quietly purchased $800 million worth of agricultural and empty land. The New York times has reported its goal is to build a utopian new town ...that will offer its thousands of residents reliable public transportation and urban living, all of which would operate using clean energy. The project was spearheaded by Jan Schramach, a 36-year-old former trader... For the investment banking firm Goldman Sachs and is backed by prominent Silicon Valley investors, including Michael Moritz, a venture capitalist, Reid Hoffman, the co founder of LinkedIn, Lorraine Powell Jobs, the founder of the philanthropic group Emerson Collective, and wife of Steve Jobs, Mark Andreessen, an investor and software developer. Patrick and John collision, the sibling co-founders of the payment processor Stripe and the entrepreneurs, Daniel gross and Nat Friedman. The times reported Wow, I felt like I was reading that part of the Bible where they go through all the names It just keeps going though. Flannery has been (laughs) in the beginning. It's like Genesis though. Flannery has been purchasing farmland and empty plots over the past five years. It has only recently started interacting with local officials and residents, according to the Times and local reports. Despite the lofty goals set forth by Flannery, the group faces an uphill battle that will affect each step of the process of creating a new city from scratch. The firm has sued landowners who sold their land over what it describes as an illegal price-fixing conspiracy. Flannery would also have to get the blessing of officials at the local and state levels and residents. It will also have to navigate environmental and zoning roadblocks, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. Of course, they're trying to build a city from scratch in the forest. But guess what, people? It's been done. Look at Las Vegas.
1: All that empty land is an empty land. That's northern California. It's probably so full of all kinds of life that's not a supposed utopian smart city. city it's just
0: like earth come on don't you want to live in the smart city no, it, it's already actually. better it says smart on it so that means you're smarter and smart
1: <laughs> actually i was just thinking earth is pretty cool as it it's is smarter no, no yeah
0: come on the earth is smart i mean earth. it's right by it's san francisco
1: smart. don't you need 800 acres it's smart it's smart nature, acres. It's yeah. smart <laughs> nature.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of blood sucking, this is from the JerusalemPost.com. Headline Dracula Inspiration, Vlad the Impaler cried tears of blood, says study. And there's a sub headline Proteins Found on Letters Written by Vlad indicate that he had hemolacria, which causes blood to be present in tears. Weird. Here's the article. Chemical analysis of historic letters written by Vlad Dracula, also known as Vlad the Impaler, shows that the 15th century ruler had a condition that caused him to cry tears of blood, according to a study published earlier this month. The study, which was published in the peer reviewed Analytical Chemistry Journal, examined three letters by Vlad, two of which were in excellent condition and the third having undergone restoration. The scientists were confident that the three letters they examined had not been overly contaminated with other chemicals or biological contaminants because two of the letters were written in 1475, 10 years after the founding of the Sibuyu archive where the two letters were stored. Although the third letter was written in 1457 and had undergone restoration, the method used is aimed at maintaining the original biological and chemical makeup of the document as much as possible. Despite the good condition of the letters, the study emphasized that even when stored well, ancient proteins still undergo natural reactions over time, And therefore, a more thorough analysis of proteins found on the documents was conducted in order to ensure they were indeed the original proteins that naturally stick to objects handed by people. Once they had excluded proteins that were likely modern contaminants, the researchers narrowed the rest down to many that were related to human skin. Three that involve the human breathing system, and five coming from blood. These proteins were determined to have naturally found their way onto the letters when Vlad was writing them. Oh my God. Having isolated proteins of interest out of these proteins, the scientists concluded that Vlad suffered from hemolacria, a condition that causes blood to be present in tears or. He wrote the letter after he had, like, a meal. You know, he just had a little like blood on his chin. It dripped down. Oh, my God, people. Whose blood is that? Can they do a DNA test? Speaking of DNA tests, let's pivot over here to something really gross. This is from Cairo7.com. Headline, thousands of pounds of dog waste contaminating half of the Whatcom County water supply, which is where Bellingham Washington is my Bellingham listeners. What is going on there? Here's the article. The city of Bellingham has a big poop problem courtesy of human's best friend. Now the city is trying a novel approach to get dog owners to scoop up their pooch's poop. 16,000 pounds worth of dog waste is what they're dealing with in Bellingham every day. That's the equivalent of about four large cars and it's all contaminating the lakes and streams around the city. You could say that this story just stinks, but this is a serious problem here in Bellingham because the poop that is left behind is contaminating a precious source of water for half of Whatcom County. So now Whatcom County is asking dog owners to take the wee scoop pledge, offering prizes to the best poop scoopers. Like, what, what if you rigged that contest? You just show <laughs> up with just, like, contractor bags. Like, I, my dog shits everywhere. Look, give me the money. Moving on. <laughs> this is from WGME.com. Headline, Maine delegation urges fence to shut down illegal Chinese marijuana grows. Wow. Little weed news here. In Maine, of all places. Here's the article. Maine's congressional delegation issued a Thursday letter urging U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to shut down the 270 properties in Maine linked to illegal Chinese marijuana grows in a recently leaked government memo. The letter comes a week after the Daily Caller, a conservative news outlet, first reported on a memo it said was distributed within the U.S. Border Patrol and described Chinese operations in the pine tree state that could produce more than $4 billion in revenue. The money is likely being funneled into other crimes or sent back to China, the memo said. The July memo obtained by the news site said profits from the illicit sales are likely funneled into other criminal activities or sent back to China. Police have not discussed the memo in detail, but U.S. Attorney Darcy McElwee's office told the Bangor Daily News last week it was aware of such operations as our state, local and federal law enforcement agencies. Growing marijuana for personal use is allowed in Maine, but penalties exist for growing large amounts outside the established systems. In June, police arrested four men on felony cultivation charges after discovering 3,400 plants and 111 pounds of processed marijuana and caramel. Whoa, Chinese grows, 250? The memo obtained by the Daily Caller said it draws from federal and public databases and was accompanied by a spreadsheet identifying the 270 main properties, though the news outlet did not include the spreadsheet or mention specific locations in the state. That's super weird. Illegal Chinese cannabis grows in Maine. That's like it's like a scramble of words. It's like when you put those word magnets on the fridge and <laughs> It doesn't even make sense, people. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, people? Send me the psychic thoughts. Send me your psychic thoughts. What do you think, Brent?
1: I think it's happening in more states than just Maine. That's what I think.
0: But do you think that's the main one? <clears throat>
1: <laughs> it's the main one in the news.
0: But um pump uh, this one's from UPI.com headline. It's a little funny, a little brevity. Jump roping cat breaks Guinness world record. Here's the article. A 13-year-old Missouri cat showed off his jump roping skills and broke a Guinness world record by skipping nine times in one minute. Kit cats working together with owner Trisha Seifried. Vaulted over the rope nine times to break the record for most skips by a cat in one minute. Wow, this news! People. Who's
1: keeping track of these records? Oh
0: my god. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I just had to like throw that in there to just like change the energy a little bit of all these weird articles that we've been dealing with. By the way, did I say we have more weird articles? Because we do. JPost.com, Jerusalem Post headline: Aliens quote who attacked. Peruvian tribe are illegal miners with jetpacks, say police. An indigenous tribe in Peru believes it is being attacked by aliens, but authorities believe the real culprits are illegal gold miners wearing jetpacks. Here's the article Peruvian authorities said that aliens that attacked an indigenous village in Peru. We're actually illegal miners wearing jetpacks. What the hell? Where do you get jetpacks? Users on Twitter are pretty sure they're just trees. Okay. Since mid July, members of the indigenous Iquito tribe in the Loreto region of Peru have complained that their community is being terrorized by seven foot tall aliens. The mysterious predator like beings were described as floating armored and bulletproof and were compared to local Peruvian superstitions about Los Pelicaras, the face peelers, the unearthly story quickly went viral, leaving skeptics and believers to analyze and argue over the legitimacy of the grainy video footage shared by members of the Iquito community. One individual posted an enhanced image of an alleged extraterrestrial to Twitter and asked, is it a being or just tree branches? You decide. Most responders confidently asserted the image was of a tree and not, in fact, an alien.
1: Why would trees be terrorizing, though? That doesn't, two things don't really fit together.
0: Well, the Peruvian Navy and National Police of Peru sent officers to investigate the strange occurrences and verify the claims reported by the isolated community in early August. Shortly after concluding their investigation, authorities announced that they were believed illegal gold mining gangs from Colombia and Brazil and were responsible for terrorizing the Iquito village and had been mistaken for aliens due to using jetpacks. They were described as using state-of-the-art technology like thrusters that allow people to fly. What? According to Carlos Castro Quintanilla, the lead investigator in the case, 80% of illegal gold mining in the Loreto region occurs where the Iquito village is located. Authorities said that the jetpacks were used by illegal mining cartels to explore deeper into the forest while they searched the area for gold. No specific individuals or organizations have been named directly, and no arrests have been made in relation to the attacks. Whoa! Gold miners and jetpacks. Who knew? Okay, here's a weird one. Look, this is what we do. We cover this stuff. Sorry if I'm disturbing you with this episode. Foxnews.com headline Florida woman doused herself in Diet Mountain Dew to erase DNA after killing roommates 79 say cops. You know, this is the kind of thing that happens in Florida, in the U S my international listeners. And here is the article A blood smudged Florida woman suspected of murder, accrued additional charges after she asked police for a soda and then poured it all over herself. In an attempt to scrub forensic evidence from her body, Daytona Beach Police said, Nicole Max, 35, was charged with tampering with evidence and resisting arrest with violence and premeditated first-degree murder and the death of 79-year-old Michael Cirasoli on August 5th per a probable cause affidavit shared with Fox news digital by police after she was read her Miranda rights. Max told detectives that she never entered Sarah Soli's bedroom and only set foot on the second floor of their shared apartment to feed her spiders. When police returned later with a warrant to test her body for DNA evidence, she asked for a can of diet Mountain Dew and police obliged her. She began to procrastinate with the drink and detectives trying to pull the can away from her police said, then Max began to resist and poured the can of soda all over her body and hair, pulling away from officers in an attempt to interfere with the possible evidence on her body. Oh my God.
1: I don't understand. They left to go get a warrant, and all that time she sat there waiting for them to come back to then ask for a soda to pour on herself in front of them. She That's could have just taken weird. a shower or
0: something. I, I think I she was just panicking. Whoa. <laughs> she just thought of it right that second.
1: Right that second. Like, wait. Like, why didn't I take a shower? And then I'm wondering how they obliged her. Like, one of them just had a yep. diet soda in their pocket That's or right. something. Just, just like.
0: Got some dew in my car. need diet do. Foxnews.com. Okay. Next article. This is a weird one. Man, this episode's just kind of all over the place today. Headline. Italian patriarch crushed under cheese wheel avalanche, grieving family rushes to salvage supply. Oh, my God. Here's the article. An Italian cheesemaker died this week after thousands of cheese wheels fell and crushed him in his warehouse.
1: That's sad.
0: It is. It's a cheesy way to go. Giacomo Chiaparini, 74, was checking over his stock Sunday night when a shelf buckled, dropping as many as 15,000 wheels of cheese on him in an avalanche. Each wheel weighed as much as 84 pounds, the BBC reported. Firefighters responded after neighbors reported a sound like thunder from the warehouse. The search for Chia Perini took 12 hours before authorities located his body. And if the loss was not enough, which totaled about $7.7 million, his family then had to race to preserve the stock, which needed to be in a specific temperature. Oh, my God. That's so sad. But that's so serious. cheese. look at these pictures.
1: That's crazy. I didn't know a cheese wheel would be. 84 pounds but
0: okay let's go to apnews.com headline our bears are real a chinese zoo says denying they are humans in disguise maybe they're neats or
1: i'm um, forever kids or something i don't know
0: yeah forever kids maybe they're forever kids here's the article A zoo in eastern China is denying suggestions some of its bears might be people in costumes after photos of the animals standing like humans circulated online. The sun bears from Malaysia are smaller than other bears and look different but are the real thing, the Hangzhou Zoo said Monday on its social media account. Some people think I stand like a person, said the posting written from the bear's point of view. It seems you don't understand me very well. Internet users questioned whether the zoo's bears were real after photos circulated showing one standing upright on slender hind legs. Sun bears are the size of large dogs standing at most 1.3 meters, 50 inches tall on their hind legs compared to up to nine feet for grizzlies. Wow. Other Chinese zoos have been accused of trying to pass off dogs dyed to look like wolves or African cats and donkeys painted to look like zebras. Oh my god. Woo, what do you think of that, Bryn?
1: Uh I mean that's sad for the animals, really.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> it might have been a person.
1: Well, yeah, the bears. I it's was was a forever about the, bear. I was thinking about the the uh Striped donkeys to look like zebras.
0: Weird, man. Foxnews.com, next article. Headline, robot security guard dubbed secret agent man deployed to patrol Ohio sidewalks. So here we go, people they are normalizing the robocops. Here's the article. A shopping mall in Ohio is integrating cutting-edge AI technology Into its safety team in the form of a 400-pound robot security guard. He's our secret agent man, Stacey Schmidt, vice president of marketing at Cronker Park, told the local media. Okay. Cronker Park is an open-air shopping mall in Westlake, a suburban town located about 15 minutes outside of Cleveland, which sees nearly 10 million visitors a year. In his home to 1,000 residents and luxury apartments. Weird. 10 million visitors. Ohio? <laughs> That's something you don't put together very often. Really? How about this one? Maybe not fake animals, but this is from 2DOT. T-O-O-D-A-T, 2 dot dot com headline. Japanese man spends over $14,000 to transform into a dog. Here's the article in a unique and unexpected turn of events. A Japanese native has undergone an extraordinary transformation into a dog. As reported by the New York post Toko, the private citizen behind this remarkable change invested over $14,000 in a custom made Collie costume to actualize his dream of becoming an animal. Okay. Toko who enjoys a substantial following of over 32,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, proudly showcases himself frolicking on a lawn, rolling on a floor, and playing fetch while donning the canine attire. He even ventured into public for the first time as a dog, albeit with a harness securing his furry abdomen. Recounting his childhood aspirations, Toko shared how he had always dreamt of being an animal, considering it an unrealistic desire. Quote, I remember writing in my grade school graduation book that I wanted to be a dog and walk outside. He confessed. Well, you did it, buddy. 14,000 later. You're there. As the journey Of this Extraordinary Man continues. It raises questions about the complexities of human desires and dreams. Despite societal norms, Toko has fearlessly embraced his unconventional path, proving that dreams can indeed lead to fascinating and unexpected (laughs) destinations. Oh, my God, people. Okay, who wrote that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Tudat.com. Back to the worms. We're circling back to worms. We did worms. We did fake animals. We did Now we did fake animals. Now we're doing worms again. This is from bbc.com. I thought this was interesting. Headline, ancient worms found in Siberia permafrost come back to life. And here's the article. Scientists have revived a worm that was frozen 46,000 years ago at a time when Woolly mammoths, saber-toothed tigers, and giant elks still roamed the Earth. The roundworm of a previously unknown species survived 40 meters below the surface in the Siberian permafrost in a dormant state known as cryptobiosis, according to Tamurus kourishalia, a Professor Emeritus at the Max Planck Institute of Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics in Dresden and one of the scientists involved in the research. Organisms in a cryptobiotic state can endure the complete absence of water or oxygen and withstand high temperatures as well as freezing or extremely salty conditions. They remain in a state between death and life, in which their metabolic rates decreased to an undetectable level. He explained one can halt life and then start it from the beginning. This is a major finding. He said, adding that other organisms previously revived from the state had survived for decades rather than millennia. Five years ago, scientists from the Institute of physiochemical and biological problems in soil science in Russia found two roundworm species in the Siberian permafrost. After thawing the worms, the scientists used radiocarbon analysis of the plant material in the sample to establish that the deposits had not been thawed since between 45,839 and 47,769 years ago. Whoa! That's quite a while to bring something back from the dead. What kind of worm is that? What is it? What's it gonna do? I don't know. Very interesting. And back to apnews.com headline: Monster Hunters wanted in new search for the mythical Loch Ness Beast. That's right, people. Loch Ness Monster. Here's the article. The Loch Ness Center in Scotland is calling for budding monster hunters and volunteers to join in what it dubs the largest search for the Loch Ness monster since the 1970s. The visitor attraction said this week that modern technology such such as drones that produce thermal images of the lake will search the waters in a way that has never been done before. The new surface water search for the fabled Nessie planned for the weekend of August 26th and 27th, which means it already happened, is billed as the largest of its kind since the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau studied the Loch for Signs of the Mythical Beast in 1972. By joining this large-scale surface watch, you'll have a real opportunity to personally contribute towards this fascinating mystery that has captivated so many people From around the world, Alan McKenna of Loch Ness Exploration said. Wow, so it sounds like it already happened. I think we would have known if they found Nessie. Perhaps they kept it secret. We'll have to report on that next time. Here's an interesting one. abcnews.go.com headline. Mayor finds 70 pounds of cocaine while on fishing trip in the Florida Keys. The drugs have an estimated street value of 1.1%. Million. Whoa, weird. Here's the article. A Florida mayor had quite the unexpected catch while on a recent fishing trip. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor helped reel in 70 pounds of cocaine while fishing last month in the Florida Keys, her office confirmed on Tuesday. The drugs had an estimated street value of 1.1 million. According to chief patrol agent, Walter Schlosser with the U S border patrols, Miami sector Schlosser said on social media on July 24th, that the cocaine was discovered by a recreational boater over the weekend and seized by border patrol agents. He shared a photo of the hall, 25 bricks, each stamped with a purple butterfly, the identity of the recreational boater wasn't revealed until now. How is it the Tampa mayor? (laughs) That's so weird. Castor was mahi-mahi fishing off the Florida Keys with her family when they spotted the package, the mayor told the Tampa Bay Times in an article published on Tuesday. Mayor Jane Castor is never off duty, this time working with the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, the city of Tampa said on Facebook on Tuesday, while sharing a link to an article about the incident. Wow. She went fishing for cocaine. Okay, so we got Chinese grows, Chinese cannabis grows in Maine. How about a secret underground Chinese COVID laboratories in California? How about that one?
1: Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Oh,
0: that just happened. Okay. Here we go. This is from usatoday.com. Headline, fairly shocking. <laughs> Quote. Secret medical lab in California stored bioengineered mice laden with COVID.
1: Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Maybe that was funded by those
0: grows. Oh, my God. This is insane, people. I, I don't even want to speculate. But here is the article. A months-long investigation into a rural California warehouse uncovered an illegal laboratory filled with infectious agents, medical waste, and hundreds of mice bioengineered to catch and carry the COVID-19 virus, according to Fresno County authorities. Oh, my God, people! What? Health and Licensing said Monday that Prestige Biotech A Chinese medical company registered in Nevada was operating the unlicensed facility in Reedley, California, a small city about 24 miles southeast of Fresno. The company, according to Reedley City Manager Nicole Ziba, had a goal of being a diagnostics lab. They never had a business license, Ziba told USA Today. The city was completely unaware that they were in this building operating under the cover of night. The Fresno County public health department launched its investigation into the facility in December of 2022 after a code enforcement officer saw a garden hose attached to a building that was presumed to be vacant and had no active business license. Eva said further inspection in March revealed that the facility housed Various chemicals, suspected biological materials, bodily fluids, and hundreds of lab mice, among other lab supplies, according to court documents. County public health officials said they also found medical devices believed to have been developed on site, such as COVID-19 and pregnancy tests. Being a small rural town of 26,000, walking into what we believe to be a vacant building and finding lab supplies, live white mice, was fairly shocking. Oh, my God. That's so freaking weird. After several attempts to communicate with Prestige Biotech, Fresno County officials are accusing the company of not being forthcoming with information and failing to comply with orders. Okay. Okay. I mean, obviously, they don't give a shh. Certain rooms of the warehouse were found to contain several vessels of liquid and various apparatuses. Fresno County Public Health staff also observed blood tissue and other bodily fluid samples. Where are they? What is going on? In an abandoned warehouse? What What is this? What, what is going on? China in an abandoned warehouse in Fresno near a town of 26,000 people with genetically engineered mice that catch and carry the COVID. Like, what is the deal with this? This is so strange and surreal and seemingly like some dystopian fiction. Ziba said officials called in the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention after about 30 freezers and refrigerators were found with some set to minus 80 degrees. The CDC detected at least 20 potentially infectious agents, according to court documents. Ultimately, what we did find is some viruses such as HIV, COVID, chlamydia, rubella, malaria, things of that nature. Oh, my God. Wouldn't
1: that normally instantly be like considered like a bioweapon, like terrorist kind of thing? operation or something to have a bunch of diseases in a warehouse dear god that seems weird that wasn't like national
0: news why wasn't that national news i heard about it but i didn't realize the extent of it how does that even happen how did they get the electricity turned on how did they get all the equipment yeah like
1: the water and at like 80 degrees below zero you gotta have some serious electricity to have freezers like that like is there's no like oh what's this abandoned building going on with all this electricity
0: they paid the electric bill somehow but that was it and then a garden hose gave them away whoa people
1: luckily something gave them away that's crazy well wow
0: now, let's go to UFOs. We're going to UFOs, people. There was some big UFO news between the last Beyond the News episodes. There was a congressional hearing. Some people came out. They talked about non-human entities. Let's let's take a deep dive. Here we go. This is from cbc.ca. Headline, retired Air Force officer claims U.S. covering up longstanding knowledge of UFOs. Here's the article. The U.S. is concealing a long-standing program that retrieves and reverse engineers unidentified flying objects a former Air Force intelligence officer testified Wednesday before U.S. Congress. The Pentagon has denied his claims, which were made at a hearing before a House oversight subcommittee. Retired Major David Grush's highly anticipated testimony was part of Congress's latest foray into the world of UAPs, or unidentified anomalous phenomena which is the official term the U.S. government uses instead of UFOs. While the study of mysterious aircraft or objects often evokes talk of aliens and little green men, Democrats and Republicans in recent years have pushed for more research into UAPs as a matter of national security because of concerns that sightings observed by pilots may be tied to U.S. adversaries. Grush said he was asked in 2019 by the head of a government task force on UAPs to identify all highly classified programs relating to the task force's mission. At the time, Grush was detailed to the U.S. National Reconnaissance Office, the agency that operates U.S. spy satellites. I was informed, he says, in the course of my official duties, of a multi decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program to which I was denied access, he said. Asked whether the U.S. government had information about extraterrestrial life, Grush said the U.S. likely has been aware of non human activity since the 1930s. In a statement, of course, Defense Department spokesperson Sue Gao said investigators have not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. The statement did not address UFOs that are not suspected of being extraterrestrial objects. Interesting. Grush has also alleged that the U.S. has retrieved non-human biological matter from the pilots of the crafts, adding, that was the assessment of people with direct knowledge on the UAP program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And here is NBCnews.com, which sums the whole thing up with its headline, here are the five most memorable moments from Congress's UFO hearing, which I'm sure you all heard about let's just go over the five. Here we go. Number one, government is absolutely in possession of UAPs. David Grush told the panel that he is absolutely certain that the federal government is in possession of UAPs, citing interviews he said he conducted with 40 witnesses over a four-year period. So that's number one. Number two, non-human biologics were found at a crash site. Grush again, who underscored that he has not personally spotted a UAP, told the panel that he knows of multiple colleagues who were injured by UAPs. He also said he has interviewed individuals who have recovered non-human biologics from crashed UAPs. Grush said he prefers to use the term non-human rather than alien or extraterrestrial. Okay, what's next? Number three, officials must establish a safe and transparent reporting process. Some lawmakers and witnesses pushed the federal government to establish clear channels to communicate UAP information with both the public and the military and said the military should establish a comprehensive reporting process for unidentified objects signings. Okay. Number four. Stigma associated with sightings silences possible witnesses. No. (laughs) Some witnesses and lawmakers at the hearing argued that the stigma associated with reporting UFO sightings, as well as the alleged harassment of those who work to investigate them, may be hindering efforts to determine their origins. Wow, really? Okay, what's number five? Number five, UFO spotted accelerating to supersonic speeds. David Fravor, a former Navy commander, said he and three fellow military pilots spotted a white tic-tac-shaped object in 2004 hovering below their jets and just above the Pacific Ocean. Fravor said the technology that we face is far superior to anything that we have now. And there's nothing we can do about it. Okay, <laughs> people, right. they're eking it out. They're eking it out. We've been talking about it for years. They're eking it out. Here's a fusion of two of our previous articles of this episode. Somehow, this is from CNN.com, and here's the headline: We had the cocaine fisherman, the mayor fishing cocaine. We had the guy who was crushed by cheese wheels. Let's put them together. CNN.com headline customs officials seize cheese wheels filled with cocaine at Texas border. You know, it,
1: <laughs> there was going to be a time somebody thought of doing it that way. You know,
0: here's the article when customs officials encountered a pickup truck transporting four large wheels of cheese from Mexico into the Presidio port of entry in Texas Thursday, they had a hunch something was off. An X-ray scan of the cheese revealed anomalies, which upon further inspection turned out to be 17.8 pounds of cocaine concealed inside the wheels, Customs and Border Protection said in a statement. Officials seized the drugs and the truck. The 22-year-old driver, a U.S. citizen who legally declared the cheese, will face charges for the failed smuggling attempt, the agency said. Quote, smugglers will sometimes try to conceal contraband in items that appear innocent to deflect suspicion. Daniel Mercano, director of the Customs and Border Protection Agency at Presidio Port said, smugglers have gone to bizarre lengths to bring drugs into the U.S. using everyday objects, car batteries, gas tanks, drones, and more. Last month, customs officers in El Paso Seized 146 pounds of cocaine hidden in an ice cream maker. Officials at JFK in New York city found half a million dollars of cocaine and signed the wheels of a woman's wheelchair. Oh my God. Cocaine people. Why? Man, what a weird episode. We're getting down there though. Just got a few more left. This is an interesting one. This is from upi.com. Here's the headline. Gorilla mistakenly believed to be male gives birth at Columbus Zoo. So it's a little pivot here. <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is a planet, man? Here's the article. A gorilla who zookeepers had thought to be male was only discovered to be female when she was found holding her new baby girl. So then who's the dad? Zookeepers at the Columbus Zoo in Ohio said in a statement that the 8-year-old Sully a Western lowland gorilla has lived at the facility with her mother and fellow troop members since 2019 for five years. The zoo believed she was a male. It's hard to tell the sex of younger gorillas until about the age of eight males and females are about the same size. They don't have prominent sex organs. The zoo said in a statement as gorillas age, they become sexually dimorphic meaning males and females look very different. However, males don't develop their characteristic larger size until age 12 or later. Zookeepers describe Sully as a young and healthy animal who did not need any procedures or medical care that would have led to the discovery sooner. The gestation period for a gorilla is about eight and a half months, meaning she became pregnant late in the fall. Gorillas rarely show outward signs of pregnancy because the newborns are smaller than human babies, and gorillas naturally have large abdomens.
1: He's trying to cover up for the fact they weren't paying attention. Or I think know? so. <laughs> like,
0: come on, people. <laughs> okay, people. Well, we're closing out this episode. It's been a really weird. This is just like a kind of like a whoa. We really went like weird with this. Song. Like strange, just really weird news it's just like whoa it's way a lot of animal news this time yeah yeah chickens you ready for some chicken news sure this is from yahoo news.com headline florida family awarded eight hundred thousand dollars against mcdonald's after toddler was burned by chicken nuggets oh my god here's the article The family sued the fast food giant and its franchise owner for negligence, claiming that the Nuggets were unreasonably and dangerously hot. A Florida family has won a civil lawsuit against McDonald's and one of its franchisees after their toddler suffered burns from hot chicken nuggets. The Broward County judge awarded the family $800,000 in damages on Wednesday in Fort Lauderdale, according to CNN. The jury found that the fast food chain and franchise owner did not give warning or guidance on how to avoid injury by the hot McNuggets that they ordered from a drive through in Tamarack, Florida. Oh my God. Didn't that happen like in the. <laughs> Look at these crocodile tears. There's pictures of her crying, people. Come on.
1: Yeah, so a hot chicken nugget fell on her leg and she got a scar. She's obsessed with having it removed.
0: Wow. So a nugget fell on her leg. She got a scar. She doesn't like the scar. So because of that 800,000. They wanted 15 million. Okay. So this is from WLTX. Little funny one. We're going funny towards the end. Weird and funny. That's the like the theme of this week. This beyond the news cycle. Here's the headline. 10 year old led Arizona troopers on chase as father sat in passenger seat. Okay, you know they were just like fuck it we might as well have fun yeah this is Phoenix Arizona troopers and here's the article Phoenix Arizona troopers say they pulled over a 10 year old driver after the boy led them on a chase Saturday afternoon now the child's father is facing several charges after being found in the passenger seat in the vehicle with an open container of alcohol so essentially he's like kid look look kid I, don't, I can't get another DUI. I can't go back to prison. That's what I need you to do. Need you should jump in the driver's seat. I just get over in the driver's seat. and when they, pull, when they pull us over, you just tell them you were driving. I'm drunk as hell. You just tell them you are driving, all right? Huh? Daddy?
1: What? How did he reach the pedals?
0: Uh, he must have been a tall boy. He's a tall boy. Okay, I hope you guys liked my impression there of random-ass drunken driver getting his kid to take the... How about this one? So we got a drunken dad. How about this one? This is from northeast.newschannelnebraska.com. Here's the headline. This is from Nebraska. You don't really hear about news from Nebraska a lot. Here's the headline. Norfolk Police Pull Over Man With Bull. Riding shotgun. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Look I wasn't at this sure picture. what that meant
1: exactly.
0: He put the bull in the car. There's not even a windshield. Somehow he did it. Okay. Here's the article. Around 10 a.m. on August 27th, Norfolk Police Division responded to a call of a man driving eastbound on 275 with a Watusi bull in his passenger seat. The officers received a call referencing a car driving into town that had a cow in it, said police captain Chad Ryman. They thought it was going to be a calf, something small or something that would actually fit inside the vehicle. And the vehicle was big enough, technically. As a result, the officers performed a traffic stop and addressed some traffic violations that were occurring with that particular situation. The occupant of the vehicle was identified as Lee Mayer of Neelai. The Watusi's bull's name was Howdy Duty. The officer wrote him some warnings, the chief said. There were some signable issues with that situation. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to make things happen. Why are you blocking innovation, people? How about we just keep the the driving theme alive? Why not? As I, we close our last two articles here. Thank you for sticking it out for some weird articles. We didn't really have a big like human development type focus. This cycle of beyond the news. Yeah,
1: nothing on psychedelics. No, nothing just, on, a yeah, just a lot of weirdness. Like, so a lot of weirdness. Like animals, lots of drugs.
0: Lots of, lots of weirdness, but the weird. UFO thing.
1: Oh uh, yeah. There was that.
0: And we have two more things. We're gonna keep the driving theme alive. This is from WHAS11.com. Here's the headline. Fifty-one year old man facing charges after driving Power Wheels Jeep under the influence. Pow, pow Power Wheels. You remember that? When you were a kid? Yeah,
1: are you talking about like a like, like the electric those, power wheels? Like power, the kid. Power. Yeah. Kid Jeeps? Okay. Power wheels.
0: Okay, here's the article. An Indiana man has been arrested after allegedly driving a power wheels Jeep while impaired on Wednesday night An Indiana state police trooper was patrolling in the 2,500 block of North 2nd street in the when he saw 51 year old John McKean driving a power wheels Jeep in the road. (laughs) Authorities said the vehicle had no lights or reflectors and was hard to see. Essentially it was not street legal people. The Power Wheels chief was eventually stopped on Second Street, and police said McKee displayed signs of impairment and failed the field sobriety test. After further investigation at Good Samaritan Hospital, officials discovered that McKee was under the influence of methamphetamine and marijuana. He was arrested and is currently booked at the Knox County Jail. Wow. <laughs> okay that sounded fun power wheels meth all right look it's a jeep they all know it's a jeep (sighs) (sighs) Uh, all right let's go they ain't gonna see me i'm in jeep it's a jeep that's all i'm going three miles an hour is fine what do you think of my jokes about impressions sprint? loving it right (laughs) Uh, okay anyways (laughs) last article come on this one's a good one it's super funny and chill MiamiNewTimes.com. Here's the final headline Florida Extreme Athletes Transatlantic Hamster Wheel Expedition Thwarted by Coast Guard.
1: Damn it. Man, they're just trying to have fun. What's going on? <laughs>
0: this guy's inside of a giant inflated hamster wheel. He's in the center. And here's the article Ray Reza Baluchi's. Latest attempt to traverse the Atlantic Ocean in what the U.S. Coast Guard has called a hamster wheel of doom culminated in a confrontation in which prosecutors claim he held up a knife and threatened to blow himself up if officers interfered with his voyage. The Coast Guard says its Cutter first encountered Belucci on August 26, about 70 nautical miles east of Tybee Island, Georgia, while making preparations for an offshore hurricane. From the comfort of his hydro pond, a homemade enclosure that he hops into and propels over waves in a running motion similar to a hamster wheel, Bellucci professed that he was on his way to London and would not be deterred, according to the Coast Guard's charging documents. Officers informed Bellucci that he needed to disembark the vessel onto their small boats since they were terminating his voyage due to it being manifestly unsafe. Bellucci replied that he was armed with a 12-inch knife and would attempt to commit suicide should the USCG officers attempt to remove him from the vessel, the charging document states. Bellucci's public defender has not responded. To a request for a comment. Oh my, he thought he was going to go across the ocean in that thing. He probably could have. If he brought enough food, if he brought enough water, obviously, like... As long as he didn't sink. I mean, if he was able He's to He's not going to sink. No, he'd be going over the waves. Like, yeah. he would be totally protected even if he was like thrown around by the right. biggest storm. There was no no whale, no shark. Nobody's going to eat He's that He's probably guy.
1: so mad. He was like, just let me do my thing. God damn it.
0: These people let him bicycle in a balloon to London
1: across the ocean. I mean, I, I, you know, it's kind of like your own free choice to be able to do something like that.
0: And it's your own free choice to stick it out all the way to the end of this episode. I appreciate that, you guys listening. We covered a lot of weirdness this cycle. I hope you appreciated it as much as I did. I love these episodes. I love being able to chill and talk with you and read these wacky articles. I just want to say thank you again for supporting us and being a part of this podcast, being a part of this community. It's a really cool thing. It's growing every single day just like the weirdness on this planet. So Brynn, what do you think? what do you think of this episode? UFOs, reverse engineering. What do you think? Uh, uh, Why are they letting it out? Are they eking it out? Are they trying to normalize it?
1: Oh, for sure. A lot of that stuff. I think they are. Um, I think they're just trying to not have people so shocked when the foundation of their, lives in reality is suddenly not what they thought it was. So they got to like slowly get it out. So then Slow. people are like, Oh, okay.
0: Slowly but yeah,
1: sense. you know, underground illegal labs full of diseases. That's kind of sketchy. Dude, uh, Underground China labs next to a town in California with COVID mice, land grabs and like illegal, Ill- grows, illegal grows. I don't oh. know. There's some, uh, yeah. I mean, oh. I don't know. Just like you read one article, that means there's a hundred others going on that, didn't get What found is yet, going you know.
0: on, people? Chew on that. Weird stuff. Yes, absolutely. And Bryn, thank you so much for being here for another Beyond the News episode. Of course, Bryn Anderson, Vital V I T A L, Herbs.com. She has amazing blends. So much going on there. I do want to say one more time goodbye to friend of the podcast longtime sponsor and all around amazing human being. Howard Hits, a.k.a. Big H. He's graduated. So see you later, Howard.
1: Yes. Uh, sending out love to Howard and his family. And thanks again for having me, Jake. See you uh, next time.
0: Yes, definitely. And everyone else, you're still here. You're in the third dimension. So <laughs> we'll see you next week. Midnight on Earth.